There we go. I had it plugged in and then I unplugged it. Shame on me. Last week we began a series of messages kind of loosely titled uh, The Good News. And uh, we're going to be continuing that over the next several weeks, focusing in on uh, one or two aspects of the good news with each of the uh, subsequent messages. Because the good news is more than just one thing. Uh, It encompasses basically everything uh, that we believe in regards to our Christian faith. Uh, It's the good news. Uh, And this morning we're going to be focusing on forgiveness. And forgiveness is something that's really very difficult for us to grasp as individuals. And there's some reasons for that. And there's the reasons uh, tend to have... The, 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 pardon me, the dichotomy of the difference between the physical world and the spiritual world. So, uh, let's take a moment and pray, and then we're going to get right into the message, the good news concerning forgiveness. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, uh, we thank you and praise you as we go forward this morning. Open our eyes that we might more clearly see, uh, what you have for us. Uh, what have you, what you've asked of us to do in the regard, in this regard of forgiveness and using you as the model of forgiveness, uh, walk forward this day boldly, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, be generous to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you, as God in Christ forgave you. That's the Ephesians verse, and that's verse, that's verses, uh, thir- verse 32 of chapter 4. Chapter, uh, 31 actually helps us better than that. And going back to verse 30, so I want to read the whole passage to you. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, verse 30, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And some people squander, have a quandary over the fact of this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit. And there's been books written and there's been all kinds of things said, uh, some correct and some probably not kind of stretching it a little bit. But what is this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit? Grieving the Holy Spirit has to do with our walk with God. When God, <clears throat> when we are not walking the way God would have us to walk, He's grieved. That's that's what it's all about. Uh, and because he grieves, uh, he wants us to walk the way we should walk. When we, in a physical sense, when I ask my children or my grandchildren now uh, to do things in a certain way, I do it for their good. And when they don't do it for their good... It's not so much the idea that they've, quote, disobeyed, but they've put their, sometimes, their safety, their lives at risk. We have a ministry uh, in the back. That's what we have the little piggy banks for, and you collect coins, and you bring them in, and we call it the helmet ministry. Uh, <clears throat> and we grieve over the fact that people are not, uh, we have kids running up and down our street on skateboards and bicycles and, and all of those kinds of things uh, without helmets. And if any one of them fall off uh, during that wonderful adventure, 
uh, and crack their head, what's the ending result? If not death, uh, certainly serious physical uh, injury. And so we grieve over the fact that they're not willing to do what we ask them to do. When I tell the girls, uh, we have two of our grandchildren in the house most of the time or a lot of the time, and we, we tell them not to play in the street. We don't want them out on the sidewalk, actually, when they're out in our front yard because the ball rolls out in the street or something happens and all of a sudden they find themselves there. And unfortunately, in Cathedral City, we have what is called the Hermosillo Speedway. And that's our street. People just roar down this residential street at 50, 60 miles an hour. And I'm not exaggerating. It's dangerous out there. Fortunately, those that roar usually make noise when they're, as they're coming. And it gives you at least a one second warning to jump out of the way. But it grieves me, not that my granddaughters are disobeying a rule that we have set for them but that they have put themselves in danger. And that's what this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit is about. We're sealed in the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, verse 31 says, and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. And then the verse that we're using as the guiding verse this morning, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That's that's the scripture. That's the motivation. God loves you so much that he's provided a way for you to have a full and rich life. I have come to give you life, and I've come to give it abundantly uh, if you follow me. If you follow me. And we'll see some other verses that really speak quite clearly to that idea if you need, you need to be on this ball team and you need to let me, God, be the captain of the team and you need to follow the captain's direction. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said. And he wasn't just talking about the 10. He was talking about this very thing right here. There wasn't anything in the 10 commandments that talked about forgiveness. But it's suggested that we not lie and steal and cheat and, and all of those things. And what does that have to do? But interrelationships with one another. And why do we need to forgive one another? Because we do those things to one another. We actually commit the sin and thereby causing grieve, grievous uh, emotions one to another. I've talked over and over again about uh, my bumpy relationship with my sister. Uh, she did something to upset me. And for some time, there was really no relationship between my sister and myself. It was very difficult to forgive her for that what she had done. And it wasn't one of those things that I forgot what it was. It was, must have been something terrible. I knew exactly what it was. And that's probably part of the problem. Forgiving is not an easy thing to do. And yet that's exactly what God has done. And it tells us, as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And even if we look to the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter 6, speaks to it very eloquently. Uh, I want to read it. Good old King James verbatim. And so I'm turning there. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 
beginning in verse 9. <coughs> Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Get the context. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors, our sinners, all as we forgive. Forgive us as, pardon me, uh, forgive, you will forgive us as we forgive our sinners. That's what it says. For they, uh, there, there it is again. I'm getting lost. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. As we forgive. Sometimes we skip over those little words. But that word as is really very important. That's a mirror image. It should be a mirror image. As God has forgiven us. So we reach out and forgive others. And we've talked over and over again about forgiving uh, overt sin. And here again the problem with that. The problem that we have with that. Is a legal system. Because many of the sins that are that are committed are also against the law and we have this system of justice and the law says if you steal x number of dollars you can go to jail for that that period of time be it a, a minor offense or a, or become a terrible felony and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so punishment has to be has to be meted out you must met out that punishment and so my sister never got punished I was punishing her because I broke my relationship with her for that period of time. I'm not quite sure if she felt that that was punishment at all. It was, you know, what a blessing that was. Uh, but there you are. The idea being is we have that feeling that there has to be justice. I did a message on forgiveness some time ago, and we focused on, on forgiving one another. Uh, and the forgiveness has to do with something that we do, it isn't something that someone has to do in order for me to do it. Because we didn't do anything to merit the forgiveness of God. We all agree upon that. I am without, completely without opportunity of paying the price for God to forgive me. I'll, I'll do this and then you'll forgive me. If I go to church every Sunday, if I sing in the right key every Sunday, if whatever, uh, then, only then will you forgive me. Now, that has nothing to do with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son in order that we might have that forgiveness. That's the kind of forgiveness we're talking about. That's the kind of forgiveness that's mentioned in what we call the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Forgive us our sins, and that's what he has done uh, in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we should also uh, be operating. And that's the idea of this forgiveness attitude. And it's not easy. It is not easy. But it's something that we need to work on. And as we draw closer to him, him being God, of course, then it becomes, it does become easier as we take on, uh, are those godlike attributes, if I can put it that way, if we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and so on, then we're going to do that. Now, in close relationships, in, in close family relationships, there's, there's times when a husband does something that upsets the wife, and there's times when there's something that the wife very, very seldom 
there's something that the wife does to upset the husband. You know, very, very seldom is that possible. But we'll just put it into the realm of possibility. And that causes one of two things. It causes a, a complete separation of of feelings for one another, leading perhaps to separation or, or even divorce, and or there ha- there's a reconciliation. You come together and you, and you forgive one another for whatever it was that went on, and and you go from there. That's how that's how marriages make it past year one, two, three, and uh, four and five, and and then the numbers really get kind of crazy: six, seven, and eight, and nine, and ten. And, 20 and 30 and 40 and almost how many? 50. See, she's right there to help me. She helps me with those numbers. I have that number burned in my brain. But there it is. But, <clears throat> I mean, there's, Shirley and I have had a rocky time. There's been some times when, uh, uh-uh. but we could have done one of two things. We could have allowed those things to completely separate us or we could, Forgive one another. We could discuss the problem that existed and either change our, uh, not leaving our dirty socks on the floor kind of idea. Those kinds of things change our ways of doing things in order that we might remain, uh, together and be together as one. As one. And that's what we're talking about. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says God, God declared that he forgave sin because of his own nature and for his own joy. He is joyous in forgiving. We should also be joyous in forgiving. When I'm able to forgive, then joy is tantamount. It's, it's a happy time. Because when I don't forgive, when I harbor those feelings of ill, of evil, if I can put it that way, of malice towards another, uh, it changes my general attitude towards the world, does it not? As we w- walk our walk and we, and we have this, I'm going to use the word hate, uh, in our, in our minds and in our hearts, it clouds everything that we do. Last night, I was at the casino. You know, you know I have a little part-time job, uh, and I was ushering for, uh, Snoop Dogg. Now, I've never experienced Snoop Dogg in my entire life. Do I know who he is? Yes, I do. I've seen the news, and he's been on the news and so on. But I've never experienced a a performance by Snoop Dogg. And it's my fervent prayer that I never do again. Uh, and it's my fervent prayer, and I ask God to deliver me from any opportunity to do it again. It was the most disgusting. Anyway, I came home last night and I was completely permeated, I guess is a good word, with what I had experienced for those two hours. It was just absolutely terrible. And I don't want to describe it because we're in mixed company. Well, even if we weren't in mixed company, even if it was just the men on one side of the room and women on the other I don't think I'd want, because then I'd have to conjure that up in my mind again. And unfortunately, because I'm even doing what I'm doing now, I'm thinking about, oh, 
did I really need to be there last night? Was it worth the the, the hourly wage I received for, for being an usher at the casino shows? Anyway, <clears throat> I came home with that that burden on my shoulders, on my mind, just from drinking in. Well, I didn't drink it, but as it was poured upon me for those hours. Uh, and it took me, it took me a while to cleanse myself. And I really do mean cleanse myself. Uh, I, I sat down and I prayed and I, and I read some scripture and, and, and that wonderful, wonderful song. And I probably should give proper credit to who wrote it because I don't remember. But turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, and that's what I had last night, where the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the glory uh, of, or in the, pardon me? In the light of his glory and grace. See, there you go. Uh, Shame on me for misquoting uh, a song. But there it is. But but that did the job. And then I, then I could go to bed and I, I didn't have dreams of Snoop Dogg. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. That was, so wonderful. Isaiah 43. Ezekiel chapter 33 talks about the eternal life of forgiveness. God's full forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness of transgressions. And transgressions is what? That's actually doing something. Okay. The forgiveness of uh, penetrating eyesight. Forgiveness is the renewal of a charge against an offender. A restoration of a kind of fee, of kind feelings. And here again, separate that from the legal system. Separate that from the physical and think in terms of the spiritual. And the very fact that Jesus has asked me and asked you to step out that door and go out and preach the gospel to every single individual, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing the name of. Now what does baptizing mean? Baptizing means convincing them, showing them God's way in order that they too might learn the way and come under the the uh, power and the glory and the love of God uh, by understanding what God has meant for them. That's what it's talking about. And we're willing to do that. We go out and we talk to perfect strangers and say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Or we should be. That's what we've been asked to do. Matthew chapter 28. Read it again for yourself. <clears throat> and we do that with, we have, we know nothing about their background necessarily. Uh, when I talk to, uh, people I don't know, uh, that's exactly right. I don't know them. Uh, I've told you this several times in, in my, uh, in my past. A gentleman came at a Bible study that we were having. And he pointed his finger at me and he says, now I understand the whosoever in John 3.16. Because if you, Martin Hubbler, could be saved, salvation is for everybody. Uh, that's how wicked he saw me in my worldly stance. And that's how God, if I can carefully put it this way, that's how God has seen all of us at one time. And yet, even yet, while we were sinners, Paul tells us that Christ died for us. And the for us has to do with what? Has to do with forgiveness. 
Through forgiveness, God lets us get right with himself. Isaiah chapter 64, uh, verse 6 talks about human efforts that, that don't do it. Human efforts don't do it. It's merely a turning to the Lord Jesus Christ that does it. A turning to God. You don't earn favor with God. God has got the favor right there. And all you have to do is present yourself for it. That's all that's required of you. And he offers us forgiveness as a gift of his mercy. He offers us the privilege of being right with him as a free gift. Forgiveness will never come by purchase. You just haven't got it. Your bank account isn't big enough. Uh, your good deed list isn't good enough. How many good deeds did you do today? How many times did you walk a little old lady across the street? Uh, well, when Shirley's and my mothers were alive, I guess we can call them the little old ladies in our lives. Uh, you know, well, every day. No, no, that's not what does it, is it? It isn't what does it. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That's what the scripture says, Psalm 32. And it goes on to say, and it, blessed is the person uh, in whom no, in whom no iniquity, there's no iniquity, and there's no spirit of guile, no guile, no, no harsh feelings, no, if I were to meet face to face with Snoop Dogg today. This is hard. Because I really kind of think he's lost. I'll have to admit, it just, it just, and yet I know he's not. I know it. Emotionally, do I love Snoop Dogg enough to reach out and to touch him and suggest to him that God has a wonderful plan for his life? And I'm, picking on a performer right now. But, <clears throat> you know, am I strong enough to do that? Am I, man, am I man, a man of God enough to do that? Uh, anyway, that's the idea. I'm using him as the epitome of, of evil that I might possibly face. I'm glad that I was way up in the, in the box seats and he was way down, you know, we weren't close at all. That's good. Okay, going on. Through forgiveness, God leads us to get right with one another. And we get injured. Sometimes it's accidental. But we blame someone anyway. Sometimes it's deliberate. And that's hard when something is deliberate. Sometimes it just happens. It's just circumstantial, if I can put it that way. And those wrongs occur. And we have trouble getting over that hurdle that we call that separation. That, well, they did this and I'll stay on this side of the street. In fact, I even heard, heard that in the political rhetoric uh, that's going around. That there was someone that if they were, they wouldn't walk on the same side of the street as the new Trump hotel in Washington, D.C., the old uh, post office building, am I correct? Uh, if if I were there, she said, I think it was a lady, she said, oh, I said lady, I'll put it, change it, uh, woman, this woman said, and <clears throat> I'd walk on the other side of the street. I wouldn't walk on the same side of the street where this magnificent 
architectural structure was because Trump had something to do with it. Wow. Now, if this lady was a Christian, and I don't know, uh, I don't know, if this woman was a Christian, would she be able, if she came face to face with, with Trump, could she say, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, and let me share with you what the plan is? I'm not quite sure that she could. If you were in heaven, I'm not quite sure I want to go there. Have we ever heard that? And that's, that's the kind of the rhetoric we were hearing. And back and forth. And I just use that as the example because I saw it on the news. Good news, right? We're talking about good news. Through forgiveness, God leads us to get right with one another in the Lord's Prayer. Everybody's memorized the Lord's Prayer. Maybe not word perfect, but we pretty well know it. Forgive us our debts, forgive us our transgressions, as we forgive those who transgress against us. Now, what is that? But restoring a relationship one with another, be it a family member, be it be it a worker, anybody, everybody, everybody. God so loved the world. I, as a godly man, should be able to say, I so love the world. Now, it isn't my love, it's God's love through me that is manifest as I go forward and even say, God loves you, Snoopy Dog. Oh, Snoop Dog, I'm sorry. Wrong name. Uh, through forgiveness, God enables us to get right with ourselves. And that oftentimes is a terrible, terrible stumbling block that you and I have. Because we have done things in our lives that perhaps no one knows about. And maybe it's against the law and we could go to jail if they did find out and we went through the court system and we'd find ourselves in one of the penal institutions for the next 20 years or 30 years or whatever. And there it is. It's hanging. There it is. It's hanging over my head. And I can't, uh, I can't forgive myself. I can't, I can't tell anybody. I mean, I might get arrested. But God knows. God, and in spite of that, in spite of whatever it was that I have done that was against the law that could send me to San Quentin or, or Alcatraz, well, not Alcatraz anymore, but you see how outdated I am. Uh, <clears throat> God loves me and is willing and has forgiven me in his son. His son was sent to forgive me. His son was sent to forgive you. That is the exciting good news. That's the good news that we're talking about today. And if we refuse to forgive ourselves, then we're basically asking God, what are you all about? I don't understand that love. I don't understand that love because I'm incapable of delivering it to my wife, to my son, to to whomever, and we talk now about physical relationships. If I can't extend that love, have I got that love? And then we start questioning ourselves. And so therefore, is the rest of the promise, the rest of the promise, we're going to be talking about the promises as we go through this uh, idea of good news. We, we doubt one and we can doubt another. If he's done this, then maybe he'll do that. If he won't do this, then maybe he won't do it. He said he'd do it, but he won't do it. He doesn't do it. Speaking of God. Through God, 
uh, through forgiveness, God encourages us to worship with joy. And isn't that what we're about? We're here to worship with joy. The joy of the Lord Jesus Christ has come upon me. The Lord Jesus Christ in his joy has come upon you. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. The fruit of the Spirit. And so if that love is there, then that joy is manifest through the Holy Spirit that's in my life. I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit, the Scripture tells me. See how all all teaching all comes together down to some a very narrow focal point and points to us and our relationship to Him. And that relationship to Him is really manifest in a very loud way in the way in which we handle the term we're using today and the term is forgiveness. Think about in your life. Who do you need to forgive? Not who do you need to get a pardon from. Not who do you need uh, to confess themselves to you. And that's actually what sometimes people do. Well, I can forgive Charlie if Charlie will agree, will will uh, confess that he has sinned against me. And he is sorry for doing whatever it was he did to me that really makes me... Uh, mad at Charlie. That's not what it's about. Because that's not the relationship that we have with God. God didn't ask me to do anything except come to Him. And He's asked us to go. Go ye into all the world. What do you do when you go into all the world? What do you do? You take love with you. You take joy with you. You take the love of God with you. And the very fact that I am willing to come to you in spite of the differences we have between us is what? It's a manifestation, a manifestation of the love of God that others can see in you. God encourages us to worship with joy. Through forgiveness, God invites us to engage in service. Through forgiveness, God invites us to engage in service. Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> I'm a man of unclean lips. And then, of course, he got his lips cleansed. And then he said, and what did he say? As soon as he was cleansed, he said, here am I. Send me. I should be the Isaiah. You should be an Isaiah. Because you've had your lips cleansed. You've, you've come to the throne, you've stepped, you've bowed down to the throne, you've, you've confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are forgiven, first half of the, first half of the promise, and now, because of that forgiveness, because I have been forgiven, it is upon me to forgive you. Isaiah is the mirror of that. Chapter 6, once again. Hear my, send me. Through forgiveness, God fills our hearts with hopes and dreams of heaven. Because this forgiveness that is spiritual in its origin manifests itself uh, into the physical reality of the life in which we live, we begin to understand the love of God. 
Think about that. God loved me so much, Martin Hubbler, he loved me so much that he sent his son for me. And put your name in there. And I'm forgiven of all of those terrible, terrible things that I've done or thought or the whole business. David has got nothing on me in the, in the idea of who did more sins than the other. And because of that forgiveness, it's upon me then to forgive others. And because we can do that, God fills our heart with hopes and dreams of heaven. Because heaven, when, let's face it, and we're going to be talking about this in another message, when we, when we talk about uh, what, what's the, the thing we think about first and foremost, usually, it's what happens the day I physically die. Two things in life. You got, you got born and you got dead. That's, there it is. And everything in between is, you know, up for grabs. But this happened and this is going to happen. And we've never seen it not happen in the lives of others that have come before us. My mother's passed away. Your, well, Shirley's mother's passed away. Probably most of you in the room. Your mother's passed away. Maybe you're a complete orphan now because your father's passed away too. You're an orphan. They're dead. Or are they? Scripture tells us that if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Dreams of heaven. So you see, that's all through, that's all through forgiveness. It begins with forgiveness. It begins with forgiveness. But he doesn't bestow the gift indiscriminately. Forgiveness can only be received by those who are willing to seek God with all their hearts. As they inwardly turn from the attitudes and the ways that are contrary to God's will. Forgiveness comes when we're sincerely willing to turn from evil and trust God for the guidance and help that's necessary to turn from the evil. Think about that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Can you say amen to that verse? Does that verse speak to you? Does it tell you? Does it show you a way? That's one of my favorite verses. It's one of, in hymnals uh, and there's scriptural basis for that. But there it is. And it, and I've used it over and over. I certainly used it last night to get Snoop Dogg out of my brain so I could go to bed. How do you get Snoop Dogg out of your brain? How do I overcome the hurdle that stands between me and that person that so desperately, desperately needs the very love that I have in my hand and can present to them? Well, of course, the answer is a closer walk with him. There's another song, closer walk. Hymns just come come alive, don't they? And you may praise God and thank me later personally for not singing any of those phrases for you. 
surely has deemed me not a soloist. And that was a good thing. That's nothing that separates us in our attitudes towards one another. She is a soloist. I am not. I know it. She knows it. She's willing to remind me of it occasionally. Just occasionally. And I appreciate it. And so I don't even have to forgive her for giving that criticism to my ability to sing. I make a joyful noise. Oh, she, she said the word with me. She lifted the words. As I said the word, see, we're in link. We're, we're in tune. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow. And thank you, God, for the forgiveness that you've given to me and given to me in such an abundant way that I'm able to give it out. Forgiveness. The good news is we have the forgiveness of God. The good news, maybe even the better news from this standpoint, is that we now have the power of forgiveness. I have the power of forgiveness. You have the power of forgiveness. You have it. It's there. Understand it's for your betterment. You're going to be, you're going to feel better about the whole situation when you forgive. Think about it. There's somebody in your life that you've forgiven. Maybe a bunch of somebody's in your life that you've forgiven. How much better you feel because of that forgiveness when you compare it to that person that you're still working on, (laughs) working with. God said, forgives, forgive as I have forgiven. My paraphrase. Forgive as you have been forgiven. That's everything. That's all things. I have to admit, I marvel. I'm going to close with this. I marvel at the person that stands up in court uh, and faces their the the murderer of their of their uh, son, daughter, you know, whatever it might have been, and say, "I forgive you." Doesn't mean you're not going to jail, but I forgive you. I forgive you. I can't imagine. That Shirley and I have talked about this. If we were ever in that situation, what would we do? And I have to admit, <laughs> I don't want to get there to find out. God loves us so much that He gave His Son for you and for me. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving, Heavenly Father, we thank You and we praise You today for this situation of forgiveness and now as we go forward and we remember just how far-reaching your forgiveness has been to us let us take that same idea of reaching out and touching others with that forgiveness and for this we give thanks and praise in jesus name amen Okay, let's stand, and we're going to be singing uh, page 569, Make Me a Blessing.